The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. back everybody to another episode of bench with bubba continuing our season preview team by team all 30 teams around baseball to get you ready for the fantasy baseball season we're gonna talk cleveland guardians we're gonna go back to the central division here and in order to break down the guardians we have a good friend of the show coming back on to help us get through some of these fun fun names and fantasy relevant pitchers and hitters throughout cleveland you can find him on twitter at ryan roof his work over there at rotowire.com he's the bullpen guru over there ryan how are we doing my friend doing good thanks for having me back bubba Always a pleasure chatting with you. Always a pleasure chatting with you. Um, how uh, how's the the preseason prep going for you? I know you've been a busy man. Yeah, it's going great. Um, just diving deep, deep as I can on a lot of players. Uh, trying to focus more, kind of in the mid to back end of the drafts. Um, but yeah, it's going well so far. Uh, just picked up the the twenty twenty three edition of the process. Um, have my HQ for forecaster and at RotoWire, we're definitely pumping out the articles. Uh, my first closer encounters of 2023 should be out um, by the end of this month. I'm thinking it'll be my initial closer rankings. So look for that in the coming weeks. Beautiful. And uh, he's doing a ton of podcasts for our buddy Bobby D, Robbie D Pietro, Deadpool Hitter Podcast. So you can hear him over there as well. It's uh, always great to get Roof on the mic and getting on the written content. So make sure you guys check him out. For sure. Um, let's talk Cleveland. Cleveland Guardians. This is kind of your team. So this is why I had you on here. Um, and we're going to start with the, the easiest one in the group, J-Ram. Jose Ramirez, just as probably as consistent as they come, especially for a first-round pick, third base. We know the, the trials and tribulations of the position. You can find depth if you want, but for the most part, pretty top-heavy position. And you got a five-category stud, which is hard to find at, at third base. So what do you got on Mr. Uh, Jose Ramirez for 2023? Yeah, he's a stud uh, for the folks who are worried about his off-season thumb surgery. Did a little digging into that a little bit more. He had a repaired the ulnar, colla- ulnar collateral ligament in his thumb. Um, kind of found a 2018 study by the Orthopedic Journal of Sports Medicine uh, regarding performance and return to sport for uh, major league baseball players who have had this surgery and, um, doesn't seem, uh, too concerning, uh, from their findings. Uh, most everyone, uh, hundred percent of, of players were able to return, uh, pretty successfully. Uh, if you look back to 2017, Mike Trout, Carlos Correa had the same injury. Um, uh, and this occurred mid season and both returned, uh, hit pretty well upon their return. So, I think uh, if anyone's hesitant about taking J-Ram uh, first overall or within the top four or five picks 
of your draft. I, I think uh, um, there's really nothing really too concerning there. Um, and I'm pretty excited about him. I'm actually, uh, uh, the shift ban is, is really going to help J-Ram. If you look at, um, historically, the league really started shifting against Ramirez in 2018. And in the two seasons prior to that, he hit 312 and 318. So um, when you take a player who was shifted uh, against in 94% of his uh, plate appearances batting left-handed, and you kind of ban that, uh, I really like his his prospects for 2023 uh, quite significantly. Uh, he's definitely the top third baseman on my board. Um, I think he's my second overall player. Uh, but um, not much else to say about, about J-Ram. He's a stud. Yeah, I've been taking him pretty much number one if I got that first pick. I'm a huge fan of what he does at the third base position. The fact that he could benefit from the shift just makes it even better if you get a 300-plus average out of him as well to go with the, the power and speed. Like it's a, it's a weapon that he has out there, so it'll be pretty fun to see what he does this season, especially when he's healthy, which he really wasn't much of last year. So that'll be a big, big plus as well. Let's talk about a guy that uh, J-Ram might be driving in quite a bit this season, and that is Stephen Kwan, who – was like the talk of the town going into draft season last year. Everyone was all excited about him. He was good. Like, I think the expectations were too high on him. Doesn't really have the power that most, I think, were hoping for, but definitely has the speed. Batting average tool is legit. Um, and right right now, you're not paying like a super premium on Quan. You have an ADP of about 116. How do you uh, look at Quan for 2023? I really like Quan. Uh, he's been one of the one of the guys I'm, I'm really kind of targeting at his ADP right now. Um, you know, your podcast with Toby, he talks about his spreadsheet all the time. Uh, he's actually a little bit negative value on my spreadsheet, but um, I really like his uh, prospects. Again, the, the shift band's only going to help his average even more. Um, our, our, our friend Kev, the roto surgeon on Twitter, uh, posted recently, Quan against the shift. Uh, or with the shift on, he had a 293 average, so still very successful against the shift, uh, 290 BABIP. Um, but without the shift, 361 batting average and 360 cool. BABIP. So, um, you know, talking about somebody who's already, you know, at 300 or close to it, um, could be get a significant boost uh, in the batting average department. And, um, you know, 20 steals, no, no power. He's, he's, he's one of the, the weakest uh, contact hitters in baseball, but he does hit the ball. Uh, he is one of the best contact hitters, um, over 92% uh, contact rate, um, gold glover. So he's going to be in the lineup every day, leading off right ahead of J Ram. So score a ton of runs, um, just won't get the power. Um, and he had more walks and strikeouts last year. Uh, so uh, definitely can get on base and uh, score a ton of runs, steal a bunch of bases. Yeah, he's, he's starting to become a little more in my uh... – target zone i wasn't a big fan at first but the more i've looked at get my power elsewhere and you can get this guy to get you some speed ton of runs scored which i think we ignore a lot and the batting average asset is just tremendous um that he brings to the table i don't see that stopping anytime soon like you said and he's gonna be 26 this year and you never know maybe he starts tapping in this a little, little more power as he gets older too so there's there's a lot of plus that i wouldn't count on it we haven't really seen it from him throughout his career and even in the minors but you never know we've seen it happen for a lot of guys before so he seems like it a, is Sorry, go ahead, Bill. I say he seems like he's got a solid, solid floor with, you know, maybe more of a ceiling we haven't seen yet, which is very enticing with him. Yeah, and if you look at uh, his spray chart, a lot of his hits went the opposite way, which was I found really interesting. Um, but maybe more of those hits uh, now that there's no no shift allowed, um, you know, come on the right side of the infield. We'll see, but uh, he's been he's been a guy I've been kind of jumping ahead of ADP. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just like the profile, especially if I'm like targeting power early, you know, power was my weak point last year. I think it was for a lot of people. Yep. Um, so if I'm getting like two bats, I, I just started a, a, a draft, uh, yesterday. If I start one with, uh, uh, Vlad and Austin Riley, okay. uh, Quan's going to be a guy I'm going to be targeting those, you know, around eight, nine, ten to, to pick up some average and speed. So. I just think there's a lot to like there. Yeah, he's definitely a roster construction build that you can make work in a big, big way. 
Uh, let's go to the shortstop position with Ahmed Rosario. And uh, similar to Quan, there's not a ton of power there, but speed, decent batting average. Uh, and I think he kind of gets underplayed a lot. He's getting more hyped this year. His ADP is a lot higher than usual. But everyone's like kind of, cl- I don't say clowns on him, but doesn't think he's that great. When in reality, I think he's pretty darn good, especially um, in fancy circles. I think it's just because shortstop's what shortstop is, and that makes it a little different. But how do you look at uh, Metrosario heading into 2023? I mean, I like him. I I think he's going in a nice range. Um, you know, is doesn't again doesn't have a ton of power. Speed isn't elite, but um, still was able to steal 18 bases last year with a good average. Um, I think with him, I would worry about potentially him dropping down the lineup a little bit. Um, you know, Andres Jimenez is really good. Um, Oscar Gonzalez showed he can hit the ball really well. Um, you know, he hit second for the Guardians mostly last year, but uh, if he does drop down, you know, that may uh, – you know, impact is his counting stats a little bit, but uh, yeah, um, definitely like Rosario, 27 years old, uh, should play 150 plus games. Um, definitely have no, no problems drafting him where, he, where he's going, but I do, I do worry that he could follow the lineup. Yep. Definitely an accumulator because of the games he plays, but good point on the lineup situation. Cause this Cleveland team, on paper is looking really strong. I like how they've built this team and there's a lot of uh, a lot of strengths compared to what it felt like at one point in time. It's a it's a pretty good look there for them. And one of the guys you just mentioned is Andres Jimenez. And you know, a couple of years ago everyone was drafting him and he kind of disappointed a bit. But this past year just 17 homers, 20 steals, hit for a great average. Very, very good. And it depends on who you talk to. Some are like, well he's he's kind of overachieved. He's, he's this isn't the guy he is. And other people are like, this is who he is and he's very, very good. And I'm kind of on the uh this could be who he is department of things. I think he's young. He's finally tapping into the skills we all thought he had. But you you, you pay much more attention to Cleveland than I do. So what's your thoughts on Jimenez entering the season? Yeah, I really like him. Um, and, again, similar to Rosario, for me, it comes down to where he hits in the lineup. Uh, last year he hit mostly sixth, uh, averaged 3.8 plate appearances per game. And uh, imagine he'll probably hit six or maybe even seventh now that uh, Josh Bell kind of comes in and, and is going to be a middle of the order bat for for Cleveland. Um, I think it depends where Oscar Gonzalez hits. Uh, last year Gonzalez was was hitting fourth or fifth ahead of uh, Jimenez, um, and so if he's hitting sixth or seventh, um, I mean last year he had Austin Hedges, Miles Straw right behind him, didn't help his counting stats at all. Um, so from the run score department, which is, again, you said is underrated, it's probably not going to accumulate a ton of runs, but from, um, you know, a projection standpoint, he, he actually projects pretty similarly to, to Tommy Edmond, a um, little bit more power, few less steals, less runs um, without the multi-position eligibility, but otherwise like right there, I think on my spreadsheet, they're back to back with Edmond going one pick uh, or, Edmund one pick ahead of Jimenez. So I think he's a value where he's going right now. Um, and uh, I wouldn't mind having him on my team. I think uh, in our first first draft, like our two early August draft, I took him, um, I think in round six, I think that's where his ADP has continued to, to be throughout the these past few months. Yeah, his ADP is around 86 right now. You mentioned Tommy Edmund, he's 77. So if you have to like wait around or so, yeah, you could definitely get a, a solid option as well and um, and see where it takes you. I think it's a, it's going to be fun to see where he, he develops into this season, if he takes a step back or not, just because of the age. So it could be yeah, a, and lot, I, a lot of fun with him. Another thing to consider, he's also a gold, gold glove defender. He won his first yep. gold glove last year. Similar to Quine, he's going to be in the lineup most days. Uh, hit really well against lefties last year, too, over 300. Um, and I think the – I think – uh, Zunino is, is an upgrade over Hedges. Yeah, <laughs> but, sadly, you're right. Yeah. Uh, so maybe he's a little bit better um, in terms of the, the uh, run scored, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, I like Jimenez, though, for sure. One of the, the players you just mentioned, uh, the, Cle- the Cleveland Guardians signed Josh Bell this season. And Bell's been, a, he's like every year a fun one to kind of break down in fantasy because we've seen these like power spikes. We've seen average, good good season with the average, and just, it's just ups and downs with him. One thing he's done perennially, he walks a ton, doesn't strike out a ton, which is great. So the plate discipline pretty much stays in line. It's just kind of the quality of his contact. So he hits the ball on the ground a ton. 
But when he gets it going, he gets it going well. So how do you see Bell playing out here in uh, Cleveland? Yeah, like you said, you know, great uh, walk and strikeout rates. Um, really like that. His max EV is, is above average, 83rd percentile. Um, struggled down the stretch last year because I was uh, I had a lot of Josh Bell last year, and and he definitely scuffled with the trade to, to San Diego. But he comes to a park where, uh, you know, it's one of the best best parks for left-handed power. Um, you know, Bell's obviously a switch hitter, so um, – but uh, – yeah, it's it's a solid move. I think he'll, you know, driving plenty of runs, hitting hitting before uh, Jose Ramirez, and and I like the signing. I was really I was really glad because because it feels like Bell's been on Cleveland's radar for for a long time. Um, I, I wonder if we tried like trading for him back when he was still with Pittsburgh. Um, you know, back when he had thirty seven home runs in the happy fun ball year. Definitely don't think don't think he's got that type of power, but I think I think we see him go back over twenty homers this year. Nice, yeah, because like you said, it is a great ballpark for left-handed power. So hopefully yeah. he can tap into that for sure. Another lefty that I'm a big fan of is Josh Naylor, who hit twenty home runs last year. You know, okay, pretty you know in today's world, decent batting average, um, all things considered. Uh, the signing of Josh Bell kind of brought some question marks into play, but uh, Francona came right out and said, "Hey." I told him he's going to DH. He's going to play in the outfield. Uh, he's still going to play, but there are potential playing time risks now with Josh Bell there. So, how do you evaluate a guy like Josh Naylor, who I really like as a later round uh, target? But um, there are some questions here for sure. Yeah, I love Naylor. He's um, he's actually one of the best fantasy values on on my spreadsheet from the Guardians. Uh, so I'm I'm targeting him um as a, as my my corner infielder and i i would not you know be sad if he was my my first baseman either uh, i tend to address the position uh much more a lot earlier than that though so um yeah just I just love bell he's just he's kind of like the heart and soul of the guardians brings a lot of energy um definitely fires everyone up the fans like He's one of my favorites. I thought the the you know in the playoffs the the rock and the baby thing was kind of dumb, but but he definitely has that high energy. Um, that emotion you know, on his sleeve thing. He 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 plays with it out there for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think um, you know he's gets gets to play with his brother Bo. Um, it's, he's just a he's just a a solid player. Now he does have that platoon risk struggles struggles against left handed pitching. But doesn't strike out much. Uh, he's able to draw a walk, um, and I would say he's probably in the lineup every day against right-handers. So uh, I'd be shocked if he wasn't. But um, yeah, I uh, had that nice breakout year last year: twenty homers, uh, hit two fifty-six, hundred twenty-two games, uh, just under five hundred plate appearances. I would expect something similar to that. But the fact that um, he has so productive in his plate appearances is is what is really appealing to me about Naylor. Yeah, I'm a big fan with you on this one. You know, ADP around 219. He's not costing you a ton. And you said he's a really solid corner infield option for you. I wouldn't, you know, want to go to battle with him at first base unless you, like you said, really kind of missed the boat on the position. But um, at corner infield, I think it's a very viable spot there. And, you know, there might be certain weeks where they face a lot of lefties and you have to kind of navigate around that. But more often than not, being on the strong side of that platoon is going to get most of the playing time week in and week out. So I'm, I'm with you on Josh Naylor as a, as a very viable later round target. Um, you've mentioned Oscar Gonzalez a few times. I'm a big Oscar Gonzalez fan. I picked him up off the wire everywhere I could last year, mainly because he's a great bag and average asset, but I always believe in the power that some didn't believe he had because he showcased it in the minors from time to time. And it started popping out last year, and it was looking really, really good with Oscar Gonzalez. Um, you know, you look at the overall profile, there still might be a few question marks in there with him. But what like, he's not a big fly ball guy. That's the biggest concern, I guess. But he takes advantage of it when he does it. So what are your thoughts on Oscar Gonzalez? You mentioned he hit fourth at times last year. With this kind of enhanced offense, it could be farther down this year. So there are question marks. But what are your thoughts on Oscar? Yeah, I think he's kind of that, that perfect fit for the Guardians, being a, a, a contact-heavy team versus, you know, a team that just hits the ball over the fence. Um, definitely a lot of contact. A lot of that goes on the ground. Um doesn't have much plate discipline, doesn't really walk that often, but, you know, I would expect a, an average, at least 270, 275 or, or higher. Um, and, and again, it depends like where he slots into the lineup. He was, he was pretty frequently in the heart of the order down the stretch. He was hitting about fifth 
for the Guardians, a little bit higher against left-handed handed pitching, um, even though his platoons splits were a little bit better against right-handers. But uh, yeah, I think he's okay. I don't. I I'm not going out of my way to to target Gonzalez. Uh, I do have a share or two, but I'm not. I'm not like targeting him pretty heavily. But when you compare him to the other outfielders going in his range. Um, you know, he, he definitely has a little bit more power upside than guys like Alex Verdugo and, and Brandon Nimmo, um, Riley Green, things like that. Um, so, so yeah, um, he's fine. Not, not a favorite of mine, but I'm, I'm okay with him. Yeah. Um, let's talk about a guy that was last year's draft seasons. One of the most uh, polarizing names on draft boards was Miles Straw. And the big reason for me is polarizing. You had to take him super early for a rabbit. Um, and he only hit 221 last year, down from 271. Still stole you over 20 bags, which is nice. Probably going to hit at the bottom of the order this year. But his ADP is also outside of 400. So is there some fantasy interest in him? Or are we just kind of like, this is Miles Straw, like tread lightly? The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. I I'm, I haven't landed on straw yet, but I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, reason being, it, he is projected to hit ninth. I don't. I think Stephen Kwan's pr- very clearly the leadoff hitter due to his contact and OVP rates. But if you actually look at the, at straw, he's, he's the second highest uh, uh, regular in Cleveland's lineup in terms of contact percentage at 89.1%. So he's hitting the ball. Um, it's just the BABIP is, is, is where, you know, he kind of fell off last year. It was 261 last year, 336 uh, in 2021, 345 in 2019. So, you know, if the BABIP's not there, he's, he's obviously not going to hit for a very high average. So, um, Lot of, lots of ground balls, highest, uh, second highest ground ball rate of his career last year, 47%. So he's not beating those out. I mean, I mean, he's going to, he's going to have a lot of outs. Um, did do a lot better down the stretch last year and looking kind of the last couple of weeks or actually September overall as a whole, he hit 308, uh, with six steals, um, and 15 runs in 31 games. So definitely an improvement over what he, um, did over the course of the season, uh, gold glove defense in center field. I think Cleveland really values that defense. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's uh, definitely, I think, team dependent, right? If you need steals that late in the draft, I think Straw is a, a very, very good target. Obviously, he's, he's got the 30 stolen base upside, but just zero power. Um, so that's that's kind of where I'm at with him. Yeah, he's not a guy I've landed on yet, but I started looking. You know, you always try to find pockets of value at some point in the draft for st- statistics you need. And if you get a guy like Straub, maybe he gets that average back to like 250. Like I said, not even Dolly to two say it's 250. Now he's on base more. He's going to steal more bags being on base, obviously. He's also at the bottom of the order, but then that flips over. Now you got those big dogs hitting right behind him to drive him in. Um, fewer at bats because of the bottom of the order. That's been well documented. But it seems like at, at pick 400 or so, it's just like, you know, I could if I need steals, like you said, it's an it's it's at least interesting now. Where I just had last year, I was completely cross mile straw off my list, and I really wasn't thinking about it much this year. But uh, after pick four hundred, it becomes a little more at least um, enticing. I'll say that much. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, well, you mentioned Bo Naylor earlier. You got Mike Zunino, who they signed, and we know who Mike Zunino is. Power bat, tons of swing and miss. Hopefully, hits two hundred. Like that's who Mike Zunino is. Um, 
and I guess in deep, deep two catcher leagues, there is still viability there. Like I compared uh, Cal Raleigh to a younger Mike Zanino, uh, kind of, where you're getting similar players and you're drafting them a lot farther apart. But Bo Naylor is the guy everybody wants to talk about. This guy's the prospect. We were hoping he'd get the job out of camp, and he still maybe he will. Maybe he takes it over from Mike Zanino. You never know. I doubt it, but he might. So what are your thoughts on Bo Naylor for 2023? Because this is a guy that's really close to having the, the job there in Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, he's he's intriguing. Um, you, you think about the guys, you, you think about Dalton Barso last year, who is, you know, a, a pretty popular target um, for his ability to, to steal double-digit bases, and, and Naylor's got that same upside. Um, hit 21 homers and had 20 steals uh, between double and triple-A last year. So, um, you know, that's that's appealing. But I think he's his ADP is a little bit high right now. Um I, I don't know because um, he struck out 26% of the time at AAA. Um, and last year he struck out, I mean, it was a very small sample, only eight plate appearances, eight at bats, but he struck out five times. So um, worry about the batting average and, and the, and, and the strikeout rate at the big league level. Um, Mike Zunino's defense is, is much better than, than Naylor's. So I expect Zunino to be the regular um, even if Naylor's like hitting the cover off the ball, I think I think the Guardians are a team that just value defense. They had four Gold Glovers last year, so I think uh, I think Zunino probably gets most of the starts um, behind the plate. And I and I do wonder, um, I do wonder kind of who they 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 pair Naylor with uh, on the pitching side. You know, if there's a particular starter that that they kind of sync him up with, um, you know, for every turn, but. Um, yeah, uh, he he's fine. Uh, ADP three fifty two. I'm I'm looking kind of at other other positions there, um, but there's definitely some upside, and I, and and I can see there's a case for for taking the shot, but there's some yeah. there's some there's some drawbacks as well. No, and it makes a lot of sense. The swing and miss. It's one of those things like James Anderson and other prospect guys talk about is they have it in the minors, probably gonna have it if not worse in the bigs. It's it's one of those things that doesn't just go away right away. So would be interesting to see how that transitions over. Um, it'll be fun to see though, because he he is like a little. When you look at projections and what he's done in the minors, there is a little mini Dalton Varsho there, which is kind of fun to see for the fancy uh, side of things. Um, any other hitters that have interest to you? Like we didn't really say much about Mike Zanino, but is there anybody else fantasy wise that sits uh, is irrelevant to you right now? Yeah, I'm very interested in Zanino. His ADP. I mean, he's going like over 100 picks after Naylor and and. I like that a lot <laughs> uh, post round 30 in uh, 15 teamers. So um, Zunino somebody I'm, I'm targeting pretty heavily as my catcher too right now. And um, another guy I really like is Will Brennan. Uh, similar ADP about 450, uh, which is about round 30. Kind of a, you know, fifth or sixth outfielder type. Um, he's definitely the Guardian's fourth outfielder right now, but I expect him to get plenty of run. Good, good approach at the play. Doesn't strike out a ton. Makes plenty of contact. Got power and speed. Um, so I really like Will Brennan. Um, it's kind of a, a little bit of a sleeper. Um, and like you said, straw, like that is ADP. Like if you, if you're desperate for steals, I'm, I'm not opposed to that at all. Um, just because defensively he's just so good. He, he had 13 outs above average last season, uh, according to Statcast. So I think, I think when you're that strong defensively, you know, as bad as the even if you're terrible at the play like he was last year, I think you're gonna still gonna get plenty, plenty of opportunity. So, yeah. Makes so sense. yeah, it's a it's an interesting team. I, I like a lot of the hitters on on the hitting side for sure. Yeah, no, it's a very, very fantasy viable team, that's for sure. And you mentioned the defense, and it makes sense to have a good defense or want to have a good defense when you have a pitching staff like Cleveland has put together. It's a pretty fun young uh pitching staff for the most part. And we'll start off with sticks, Tristan McKenzie. Um, depends on where you look on Twitter. Some people are calling him like, you know, the the next breakout guy that's going to enter the top 10 starting pitchers and all these things. And very possible. Uh, my biggest concern with him is the jump in innings last year from 120 to like 190. That's a healthy jump for a guy his, of his stature. Not saying it's not doable. It's just a healthy jump. Uh, what are your thoughts on Tristan McKenzie, who is from all things on the table, pretty darn good. Seems like he needs the innings to rack up the strikeouts, but was very, very strong last year. Yeah, there's there's a lot to like about McKenzie, but but you mentioned the jump in innings. Uh, he did have durability concerns uh, prior to last season too, and he is nicknamed Sticks for a reason. He's just so skinny and 
you know. <laughs> um, they list him 6'5", 175, but I wonder how much he actually weighs because I doubt it's 175. No, there's no, there's way. no way. Maybe soaking um, wet, as they say, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Mackenzie uh, definitely broke out last year, uh, 095 whip, uh, cut his his walk rate in half from 11.7% in 2021 to 5.9% last year. It's really good. A lot of homers um, would be the one thing, you know, I'm a little concerned about. Um, did outperform his, his, um, his pitching metrics. I uh, had a three, 296 ERA, 359 FIP. So maybe a little bit more realistic uh, mid threes, high threes ERA. Um, but uh, yeah, if he stays healthy, I mean, he's, he's just a solid, solid guy. Now um, my spreadsheet, he's, he's a negative value. Um, I, I have drafted him as I'm not like not drafting him. Cause I do think there's, there's upside there, but um, he does grade out a little bit negatively um, for me. Um, so I'm probably not going to get a ton of them, but uh, can definitely see the appeal. Um, definitely a likable, likable kid. Um, so easy to root for um, just love. I love his just watching him pitch um, just some nasty stuff. And, and uh, I think uh, he's got some of those games where, you know, he's got the 14 strikeout games in him. I mean, we saw it several times last year. He has three games over 12 strikeouts. Um, and in those games where he's on, he's just, he's just absolutely dominant. Um, so yeah, sticks is sticks is fine. Um you know, he's not even like a huge negative value for me on my spreadsheet. So it's, but he's, he's not, he's not one of my favorite picks at, at his current ADP. So that's probably one of the biggest things for me is that current ADP comment, because you got like Framber Valdez right in front of him. You got guys like Robbie Ray going right after him. We kind of know the innings we get with these guys. We know the strikeouts we get. Like we, we know what we get with those guys where that jumping in just terrifies me. And I'm not saying he yeah. can't do it, but it's a massive concern. Like, more often than not, it doesn't end well for a young guy doing it the first time. Like, we're going to talk about a guy next that made a big jump, but he's done this before. Um, so I'm just kind of concerned a bit there. I hope I'm wrong. Like you said, he's fun to root for. He's fun to watch. But uh, Yeah, I was looking at his, at his – I was trying to look at his – to find out what his injuries were in the past. I think um, he had some forearm issues in the past, and I think it was back – I think he had back issues, um, like, while he was still in the minors. So when you think about that, it's just – it's a little scary. But yeah. – um, yeah, let's hope he stays healthy because when he's healthy, he's he's fun to watch. No doubt about it. Uh, let's go to the ace of the staff, though, and that is Shane Bieber, who after an injury riddled uh, 2021, came back 31 starts, 200 innings. Ratios, once again, were outstanding from the Biebs. Um, I don't have much to complain about with Shane Bieber. He looked like the dude again. He did it kind of quietly, it felt like. Everyone is kind of ignoring what he's doing, and you look at the stat line at the end, and it's as reliable as it comes, and – I think people still don't realize it just based on his ADP because there's a bunch of guys going in front of him that didn't do what he did last year. So um, I think he's a, he's a really strong option. He's going right next to Luis Castillo, who I have a soft spot for. But uh, I'm a I'm I'm really liking what I saw from Shane Bieber. What do you think for 2023? Yeah, I think he proved that um, so a lot of people were concerned about you know the velocity, um, only averaging 91 miles an hour on his fastball, but he proved he can still make it work. He's got uh you know pretty vast arsenal, fastball slider, curve cutter, change. Um so I think he was able to to kind of deploy those pretty effectively. And uh I think he's he's perfectly fine where he's going uh right now in drafts. Uh, I have him as my eleventh starting pitcher right right back to back with Luis Castillo who you mentioned. So I think it just depends like who, you know, if you want a little bit more strikeout upside, you probably go with uh Castillo, um, you know, not to say Bieber's, you know, a bad strikeout pitcher, but he did a uh, um, strikeout rate did dip a little bit last year from from 33 percent 2021 to 25% last year, but still very good at limiting walks, um, only 4.6% walk rate. So he'll, he'll be up there and among the leaders of, of K minus walk percentage uh, among starters um, and, you know, great ratios. So a lot to like about Bieber. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now it gets a little more fun. We'll start with Aaron Savale here, who, you know, he still made 20 starts last year, which surprises me based on his innings pitch. But that's because some starts were just really bad. Some starts were like, okay, there's Aaron Savale again. There he is. 
Uh, it was a really weird season uh, to try to figure out who he was. Um, when you look at his strikeouts, best uh, K per nine he's had in, in his career. So it was an up and down year with him and a guy that, like yourself that has followed Cleveland. What are you seeing? Or is there any interest in a guy like Savali who's going around ADP 300 or so right now? I mean, a little bit. Uh, it depends on like the staff I've built bef- before, like where he's going in drafts. Like if I have some injury risks already, I'm, I'm probably avoiding Savali. I mean, you just, you know, a variety of injuries, uh, glute wrist, forearm last year. Um, you know, there's definitely some appeal with 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 Savali. Uh, low low whip is is something that's a little appealing about him. Um, below 120 in, in three of his his four big league seasons, because give him some homers. Um, you know, had the best string strike rate of his career last year at 10.6 percent. You know, nothing too crazy, but um, yeah, I think it just it's just depends on the other pitchers I have and whether I'm willing to take that 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 injury risk. Um, but I think I think he's he's appealing a little bit. Um, you know, kind of where he's yeah. going because he doesn't doesn't walk many many guys, so which is huge, especially yeah. for a guy who goes with home runs. You want to limit the the damage of those home runs. Just yeah, he's so confusing because. He puts those amazing starts together, and then he throws a, a dud out there, and he, he's almost streamable. But at the same time, you know, it depends. A fifteen team, he's probably rosterable. So for sure, is yeah. definitely a, definitely a scenario there. Let's go to Cal Quantrill, and he's got an ADP of three twenty five because no one respects the man. No one does. I've been team Cal Quantrill for a while. People go, "Oh, he doesn't strike guys out." I said, "I know, I know he doesn't." But where I'm drafting him, I'm getting amazing ratios. I'm getting a guy that racks up wins because he goes deep into games. I love what I see from Cal Quantrill. Obviously, I'm kind of like ignoring probably some of the, the clear concerns with Cal Quantrill as well. But what are your thoughts on uh, Quantrill, especially at an ADP of 325? I'm glad there's another team Quantrill guy. Oh, I've been there for years, and people yeah. tell me I'm crazy. Like, I, yeah, I mean, I've I lost like, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I even liked him when he was a prospect of San Diego coming their system. I remember you know, he was, he was pretty high up on uh, the prospect rankings a long time ago. Um, finally has settled into, a, you know, a starting role for, for a big league club in his fourth year, really broke out last year, 186 in the third innings, got 15 wins, uh, decent ratios, wasn't, um, you know, nothing too, too concerning there. Um, did outperform his, his, his FIP and XFIP, but doesn't strike too many batters out, but he's not walking anyone, lots of ground balls. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think, for me, like in in the NFBC Gladiator drafts, he was he was kind of a big, like, oh yeah, definitely. final round target uh, for me or last few rounds, uh, just because I think the innings will be stable. I don't think he will kill you in ratios at all, and um, I think I think you know he has potential for 10, 12 wins for sure uh, on such a good club. So yeah, I love I love I'm right there with you. I love Quantrill uh, where he's at. Yeah, and another underrated thing that people might forget with him is like if you do points leagues or underdog where they value the quality start, he racks those up as well. He gets you quality starts, then he gets you the win on top of it. And uh, for those points type formats where you can get negative points for certain things, he avoids that with his ratios. So the lack of strikeouts definitely gets kind of overmatched by the quality of his just starts in general. So I think um, he's, he's a guy that needs to get a little more love out there or just leave him for us. That's fine too, whatever, whatever you prefer. Yeah, I think he's like kind of the perfect uh, pairing for a staff that you like lead off with guys like C Strider, you know, the strikeout guys. Because yep, hundred percent. You know, he's he's the good complement to like those is like an SP five six. Um, he's a poor where, man's Kyle Hendricks. Exactly. Yeah, like um, doesn't really boost your your strikeouts at all, but um, but he limits the hard contact and he doesn't walk many guys. So so that's I yeah I like him. I will. I didn't have Zach Plesac on the list because I just don't think he's very good. Um, am I missing something? I'm going to give you the floor because being a guy that from Cleveland and ever or the Cleveland area, is Plesac worth it or not? No, I don't I think, think we need to talk about okay. him at all. Okay, perfect. I left him off for a reason. I just wanted to give you the chance. He's an to, idiot, to, so I don't. Uh, I don't want to talk about moron. him. Moron, <laughs> moron. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. We're on the same page on that one too. Um, let's go to the bullpen, and this is your forte. And if those missed out on it about a month or so ago, Ryan and I went through all 30 bullpens in baseball. Obviously, there's things that will change throughout the offseason, but you can catch up on that. But let's just talk Cleveland. 
And we know one of the top two closers off the board in every draft is Emmanuel Classe. Don't think we have a lot to worry about there. He seems like the dude, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's he's the dude. I I think he's one of the safest closers in baseball. Um, and he's just just so hard to square up on. Um, you know, I wish the strikeout rate was a little better, but he's just so good in ratios, high ground ball percentage, and probably the favorite to lead the league in saves again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, he'll be not sure if he'll be my number one overall closer, but he'll be first or second for sure. Yeah, it's him and Diaz, and it's like I say with like Burns and Colts, like I'm not gonna argue who you have at one and two. Like you could yeah. there's a safe argument for either one of them, and I will never tell you you're wrong between the two. Just, I just take take you like. I just can't believe he got better last year. He got better. Like he, he, got really, he, got, he got filthier is what it was. Yeah, it's just oh seventy three whip. I mean, what more can you ask for? Like that was his biggest concern was his control. Like he was walking guys and kind of getting in trouble, and then he kind of as a young guy would have to come into the zone and stuff. And yeah, it's nasty, nasty stuff right there. So we'll see where that he plays out. He went his last fourteen and a third without walking anyone. Struck out eight. Impressive, impressive. Yeah. Hard to do especially for closers with that kind of movement. Hard to do. Um, Any other relievers to keep on our radar? God forbid something happens to Class A in Cleveland. Yeah, there's there's several guys I I like from the Guardians bullpen, especially draft and hold leagues, um, you know, deeper AL-only leagues for ratio support. Um, If you play in holds leagues, uh, there's there's a quartet of relievers I I really, really like. Uh, Trevor Steffen emerged last year as a a solid – kind of back up to um, class A. I think, I think maybe he's even overtaken James Karinczak for, for kind of the backup role, uh, closer role. I'm not quite sure about that yet. Um, yeah. Uh, just cause, just cause Karinczak's uh, walk rate's a little bit more concerning. Um, I think he kind of fits more seventh inning role uh, than, than kind of the backup closer. But, um, I mean, we've obviously seen Karen Shack uh, save games before. He was the co-closer with, with Class A in 2021. Uh, really dominant first half of that year. Um, was really surprised to see him come back um, and, and be just as dominant last year, which is, which is really good to see. Um, really limited the long ball, too. Uh, only gave up two homers last year. So, Karen Shack's... Uh, really good for his strikeout rate a little bit concerning on his his whip though with just due to the walks but Stefan's really good um I really really like Sam uh Sam Henches I tweeted about him a long time ago he he had one of the better second halves among relievers in in, in baseball last season um and uh I don't know if he's going to um because he was a starter previously uh, kind of the back end of the Guardians rotation. You mentioned Plesak, um, Quantrill aren't, you know, as much as we like Quantrill, uh, Savale, those three, not the strongest uh, back half of a rotation. But, um, I mean, the second half last year, Henches, 29 two-thirds, 36 to 5 K to walk ratio, 030 ERA, 057 whip. I mean, he only gave up one earned run. So it's just dominant and um yeah, I, I, he's one of the guys I'm I'm targeting heavily in in draft champions formats and even even the NFBC fifties uh, draft and hold same same thing but twelve teamers. Um, so really like Tenches and and I wouldn't forget about Eniel De Los Santos either. He um, probably not for NFBC fifties but for for DCs as a as a round fifty spec. Um, he was really really good last year. Um, he had a 107 whip, uh, 53 and a third innings with 61 strikeouts, had five wins, did have one save, three holds. Um, like to see him kind of get more high leverage opportunities um, this season. So we'll see if last season's success kind of affords him that those opportunities uh, in 2023. But um, he's someone I would, I would potentially monitor uh, okay. as a round 50 kind of spec. Nice. Yeah, Cleveland's put this team together so well. Like the, the line has gotten strong. Starting pitching is what it is. Like it's really good. And then they just that bullpen's been nasty. Even like last year, you guys, that's helped a big reason you guys got to the postseason. Um, like it just if if for some reason 
most of your pitchers do go deep, but if like you have your Savali or your police sack blow up, the bullpen can like stop the bleeding and keep you in yeah. games. It's a very, very good bullpen. So, and that I was like their biggest question mark heading into yeah. last season. It was their bullpen. Like I, I really questioned who they would have behind Class A, you know, with with Karen Check having that terrible second half in yeah. 2021, and and several guys like really, really stepped up for them. So, um, yeah, uh, Eli Morgan is another guy, um, kind of uh, the hybrid, uh, you know, multi-inning reliever, um, who's who's um, not really on my draft radar, but but um, did did do solid. And then Cody Morris could be. Uh, um, uh, that's a name I'm curious about for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Morris was somebody I was big on last year. I think I think uh, um, you know, hopefully he makes it to the rotation. But I I, I see him kind of being that long reliever to to kind of start the year and maybe eventually makes his way into the rotation, especially if uh, you know, Plesac, uh, Plesac, yeah, <laughs> it's just is terrible again and Savali gets hurt. Yep. Um, definitely a lot of upside there with with Cody Morris. I think um, I think of the prospects they have he's he's 95th um on james anderson's uh top 400 prospects list so at rotowire um and i think the the opportunity will be there for him um so like morris um what about pilkington we'll... yeah yeah Pilk. uh pilkington's uh, uh i think not somebody i'm really drafting but a good story yeah. uh with him um if you look at like kind of like some of their other prospects, which will kind of just segue right into that, um, 17 players made their big league debut with the Guardians last season, and so it kind of limits your prospects for this season. Yeah, yeah, they had, <laughs> I mean, and they had some studs too between yeah. Stephen Kwan and Oscar Gonzalez. So I don't think we'll nearly see as much, uh, you know, rookie impact in 2023. But um, of the ones that. Uh, you know, I do expect to 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 have some fantasy relevance. Uh, Bo Naylor would be one. Will Brennan, who we talked about a bit. Cody Morris, um, Gabriel Arias as a utility infielder, um, and and really, I think I think from a prospect perspective, Cleveland's kind of heralded for their for their arms. Uh, they always have been, you know, kind of the pitching factory. Um, so Gavin Williams, uh, Daniel Espino are kind of the the coveted. Uh, pitching prospects for Cleveland, but um, don't think Espino's ready yet. Um, Gavin Williams might make his debut in 2023. Um, so he might be an option kind of uh, kind of later in drafts. And I think uh, two guys who, who were added to the 40-man recently, um, one is a starter, Joey Cantillo. Um, he's James Anderson's 19th-ranked prospect within the Guardians organization, 333rd overall. He struck out 87 over 60 and two thirds at double A last year with a 110 whip. So that's pretty, pretty appealing. Um, and he's a left, left-handed starter. So, so that's good. Um, we don't have, you know, any lefties projected for the rotation right now, except for, for Pilkington, um, who's not even like really in the rotation right now. Um, and then another bullpen lefty, uh, 26 year old Tim Heron. He struck out 101 over 69 and a third between double A AA and triple A last year. So, um, the fact that both guys were Cantillo and Heron were added to the 40 man could see them, you know, making a, an impact, but not sure from, you know, a fantasy perspective and FBC leagues either are, are on the radar, um, for, for a huge impact, but the deeper dynasty leagues that, uh, you know, don't often get talked about, uh, as much, uh, on fantasy baseball podcasts, you know, they, there, there's a, there's a niche for those types of leagues, oh, but yeah. I think those guys, um, Kentio Heron, Gabriel Arias, uh, you know, are guys that, that, you know, are certainly on, on prospect radars. So. Nice. Nice. Good names to throw out there. Cause there are, I get people that say it like AL only dynasty formats. They like, they like hearing those names because at least if they do get called up, it makes a lot more sense and they know what to do with it. So that pays off nicely. And I love the Cody Moore shot because he is a guy I've been getting late with late darts because I remember, I remember when he did this past season, I think he will get a run at some point this year, like you said. So I'd, uh, I'd be willing to take some chances on some Cody Morris late in drafts and uh, draft and hold formats, I should say, to, to see where things go on that one. Yeah, just just because of the opportunity. I mean, I think, I think just – even Cleveland's past the point of, of dealing with police hack and, you know, just his inconsistency and, 
you know. Uh, so I think I think that when it comes to like opportunity, as he's kind of like next in line behind Pilkington to to be, you know, overtake one of those back end rotation spots. So, but right. let him build up first. Um, I can't remember how many. Let's see. Uh, most innings he's pitched in a season looks like eighty nine. So that's a little concerning. But uh, maybe like one thirty this year if you get lucky type thing. If, yeah, if 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 that yeah. even that would even I wouldn't even expect that. But Ho- hopefully they don't have a need to rush him because you have that stable of pitching already. You can kind of exactly hope right. for twenty twenty four. We're like get him to like one twenty this year. Then maybe next year you're talking one fifty one sixty. Now you, now you got something going. Maybe yeah, let him go an inning. You know, every couple of days in the beginning of the season, and then build him up to a couple more innings mid season, and then by the end of the season, second half, he's he's ready to join the rotation. So yeah, works for me. Sounds like a plan. It's just about the time until police act to bye bye, so it yeah. works out works out pretty well. Um, we'll we'll wrap it up there. Awesome, awesome breakdown of the Cleveland Guardians. A lot of really good stuff. And this team, you know, between it's gonna be, them and the White Sox, going to be a fun fun battle this year. Like the Twins always find a way to kind of hang around, but and you never know with the Royals. But the uh, the the White Sox and the the Guardians should be a fun battle for the division, at least in my mind. But uh, it should be pretty good. Um, before we head on out though, again, once again, remind everybody where they can find you and all the great work you got going on. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan roof. Are you last name? Uh, happy to engage with anyone on there. And then, uh, my works at rotowire.com rotowire.com slash try for free trial. Um, a lot of baseball content going up right now. And like I said, uh, my initial closer rankings should be up, uh, pretty soon. So, um, excited to to release those and and get my uh, uh, closers that I'm fading and and targeting out there. And I've already talked a lot about that on podcasts this off season, but uh, um, really put pen to paper and and kind of back it up, um, you know, in written form and and show everyone uh, who I'm expecting to uh, kind of lead the league in saves and whatnot. So I'll have projected save totals on there too. Nice. Nice. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Ryan always puts out great work, uh, podcasting or written content, of course. Great fantasy player. So always a pleasure having you join me, my friend. Yeah, always a pleasure joining you. Thanks for having me on again. And uh, thanks to all your listeners um, You know, for tuning into this this great podcast. A lot of listen to your previews with uh, um, Ben Tidd and, and uh, Mendelssohn and um, just great work uh, Appreciate it. by everyone. Joe Rico, I, I listen to, to all three. So, um, yeah. Appreciate you uh, putting the time in. I appreciate it. Yeah, there'll be many more to come. We'll get all 30 teams covered eventually throughout baseball, and um, it'll be fun. Hopefully it helps people out, and it's thanks to people like you that help uh, make it happen. So make sure you check out Ryan on the Twitter there at Ryan Roof, R-U-F-E. Great follow, great content as always. Uh, this was Bench Bubba, your Cleveland Guardians season preview. Catch you guys next time. Yeah.